guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful The RCDO. Uh, this RCDO's ESL podcast. Oh my God, I lost my thought. Anyways, with that being said, man, it is so good to have you guys back. Man, I am literally all over the place today. Jesus Christ. And I do apologize for the echo. My, uh, uh, you know, my microphone is just pure ass. Oh my God. But anyways, I told you, we were going to talk about five alternative approaches successful companies have taken to the problem of meetings. And so we have four, uh, as a matter of fact, we have five of them, okay? We have a non-stop meeting. We have a virtual meeting. We have the recreational meeting. We have a short stand-up meeting and then informal drinks and snacks meeting. These are the five that I have taught, well, you know, told you about in regards to this. And with that being said, we're going to listen to an extract from a business news program in terms of companies, three of them, Ritz-Carlton, Yahoo, and Bednash Media that have ended up using one of these five different types and able for them to, of course, have successful meetings to get things done quicker. So with that being said, let's listen to this audio, baby. Tired of taking minutes at meetings that take hours? Tess Leibowitz may have the solution. According to diplomat and economist J.K. Galbraith, meetings are indispensable when you don't want to do anything. Therefore, logically, if you really do want to do something, it's the meetings you must dispense with. But can you dispense with meetings altogether? And what would take their place? At several well-known companies, they think they've found the answer. At leading hotel company Ritz-Carlton, meetings have taken on a different twist. Hotel employees have short stand-up meetings, styled much like the catering events they set up for their own guests. They stand, mingle and chat about the latest developments within the hotel. This stand-and-talk style provides high energy and motivation for the staff to keep maximising hotel service. Yahoo has gone one step further by holding regular Friday meetings in and around the work cubicles. Talk is casual and relaxed, yet informative, centred around the snack and drink tables set up in the office area. This creates an inclusive, communicative atmosphere that can't be replicated in any normal meeting room. Mm. At media strategy company Michaelides and Bednash, they've come up with a different solution. All employees, irrespective of status, work around one enormous central table. Meetings become unnecessary when everyone in the company is sitting just across the table from you the whole time. The working day is a constant meeting. Well, yeah, that's actually pretty ridiculous. But nonetheless, again, it's just my opinion. So, again, we already know about virtual meetings. Okay, virtual meetings is what we began doing in March, especially April of 2020, two and a half years ago. When COVID debuted itself to the world, its ugly face to the world, well, we had to get better, okay, in terms of the different things that we had done and obviously, you know, getting things done and just having like a solution because nobody wants to sit in front of a computer and have a meeting for X amount of time. So it makes things a lot easier, especially when, you know, virtually, when someone speaks and another person speaking, everyone stops. But if you're in a meeting room, that doesn't necessarily happen because you always have that quote unquote dangerous asshole person in the meeting who likes to just, of course, impose his will onto everybody. Remember, I told you about the power distance scale and how 
a lot of Arab countries and the Philippines, Malaysia, as a matter of fact, are very high up in the power distance scale. And this is because there's always that very dangerous person. Whereas if you challenge them, they will restructure you and kick you out of the company. I'm saying that only to say this very quickly. Uh, I have a little bit of something on my mind. I cannot reveal the details, but let's just say there is someone in a financial sector of AirAsia. And this guy, I don't have to say it, but I will. He's from Turkey, but he's one of the biggest dickheads on the face of the planet. You know, there are a couple of people that wanted to read. Uh, as a matter of fact, someone above him was like, okay, we want a reevaluation of what people think of you. Three people stood up to him. He literally fired them. And I'm like, okay, what is this Thai woman going to do against this asshole? This asshole that Brown noses her and kisses her ass all the time. Because he's obviously, he's the biggest fucking dickhead in the world. See, it's not about him. It's not about where he's from, Turkey, because I got Turkish people that listen to my pot. It's the fact that he's using his power to get what he wants. If someone stands up to him, he fires him. He is the definition of a parasite in this world. And so, again, if we were to put him in a meeting, which did happen, and he's over here having a discussion in regards to, you know, let's just say, you know, uh, a couple of people who are higher up and he would always just brown those and say, yes, I think that's a very good idea. I think that's a very good idea. And it's so crazy because when it comes to his subordinates, he is the biggest piece of shit on the face of the fucking planet. And so the reason why I share you that is because I hate the fact that people believe that they have so much power. Boy, it is not worth going, work, waking up and going to a job where there's an egregious parasite that works there who literally imposes his will and his disgusting attitude upon everybody else. And how the fuck do these types of people get tolerated for such a long fucking time? It's just beyond me. And this is why I kind of just say, that's why I work for me. That's why I work for me, because this is the United States of Arsenio. That's goddamn right. I'm not in the United States, nor will I ever like to be. A big shout out to all my folks that live out there in America. But <clears throat> this is United States of Arsenio. I am an entity within one. I represent only me. I am not an American. I'm a world citizen. And I'm a world citizen because I like equality and empathy. And there are probably 150 to maybe 180 countries where whose citizens lack that. And I'm going to jump all up and down your fucking ass. So let's get back on track here. Oh, my God. Had to get all that out. So with that being said, okay, the one table, bad idea, Okay. Uh, virtual meetings, you got to do what you got to do. But hey, if it saves you time and traffic, go ahead and do it. Yahoo, they do it in the workplace cubicle. It's relaxed, it's informative, it's inclusive. Pretty cool. Again, me, I'm a person. I'm so thankful that I don't sit at cubicles anymore. Uh, I don't even think I remember sitting at a cubicle. No, no, I never sit at a cubicle because obviously before being a teacher, I was a dental assistant. Now I sat at the bullpen in the English department at a technical college in the South of Thailand. But um, I stopped sitting there after about four months because these women wanted me to bow down and do as they say, groupthink. We know what groupthink is. And I said, uh, no, no offense, but you old bitches got to twist it. Okay, you 50, 53, 55-year-olds got it motherfucking twisted. Nope, no disrespect to anyone who's older. But if you just think I'm just going to bow down and do as you say, although it is wrong, that's not how I work. And it's crazy because within three and the nine that were in that department, month after month, week after week, they turned all of those teachers against me. I ended up for the last probably six to eight weeks working right out of the library. One, because nobody was around me. 
And two, I could get whatever I needed to get done. Although I was just basically a huge time waster because I had no idea what I was doing. <sighs> and with that being said, people, oh my God, that's the workplace cubicle. So I don't like being in cubicles with other people. And I know a lot of you out there are like, hey, easy for you to say, I work at a cubicle. I totally understand. And again, some countries, there are people who respect one another, which is fantastic. But I just don't want to have to force myself to say hello to people who I probably do not like. So Arsenia, why did you stop showing up? It's because I did not like any of them. The three older, what we call here in Thailand, the Manupas, the grumpy old bitches. Yeah, when they turn the younger ones, the 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, and maybe one 40-year-old against me, hey, it is what it is. By the end, by the end of my tenure, out of all the teachers who would say hello to me at the very beginning, only two spoke to me on the last couple of days. There was actually one lady in finance who had to get my check on that last day. She drove me into town, she got my check, and then that was the end. And then there were probably two others uh, a teacher who let me uh, lent me his motorcycle and a couple, what was it? One other teacher, who, Pachari, as a matter of fact, who literally called me while I approached Sadao, the Thai-Malaysian border, to cross into Malaysia to finally get rid of that visa. And when she called me, she was like, oh, teacher that I see, and this was, of course, one of the Manupas, okay, the grumpy old bitches, uh, she's like, oh, uh, you need to get it signed by her. And I said, you expect me to go to a woman 10 to 12 weeks of not speaking to her in a teaching room? Absolutely. I told her, I said, oh, oh, but by then I already got my check, right? And I said, oh, okay, you want me to get it signed? She's like, yeah. She's like, when are you going to come back? Of course, little did she know I was never going to fucking come back. I said, you know what? I'll be there Monday. Okay, we'll see you on Monday. Okay, boom, blocker. Get the fuck, are you kidding me? And you know what, again, people, it's just all part of that beautiful process. And I'm saying that, and I'm telling you this story because it's an eight year anniversary, right? September 30th. And then going into what is now, today, October. And looking back on all of those things that I needed to overcome, man, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful because boy, those were tough times. I had to work in some very, uh, oh my God, I, if I even tell you what happened at the school just after that, my goodness gracious, it'll probably be erupted. You know, we'll have stories about that too, but man, oh man, talk about students hating me. Talk about the teachers hating me. Boy, there was only one out of the 20 classes I had that I somewhat enjoyed. And boy, all it took was probably three months. And one day, me go waking up in the afternoon and a voice saying, Arsenio, do you want to work there anymore? No, then quit. Okay, done. That last day, I remember, look at that, look at, look at back at that school when I finished. Nobody knew, nobody knew. It was Thursday. They didn't even want to give me a visa. I flipped the bird and I said, fuck you. It was such a beautiful thing. And I was so grateful for it because I got my, I used to lose my voice screaming at children. Guys, that was not a way to live, February of 2015. And I say that because, again, I'm just going on a spiel right now. And I should be focused, obviously, on meetings and five successful meetings and stuff. But huh, sometimes being in a meeting with people who you don't like, being in a bullpen, a cubicle, a department, how can we tolerate it for such a long time? Can you imagine waking up every Monday? You know, in America, they call it Monday because Americans, they're very sports it's this very sports driven country 
Uh, England, I don't know so much about. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, them watching football is absolutely massive. But um, America is a very American football-driven country. So after the last football game, you know, they wake up Monday morning and they go to a job that they absolutely hate. I feel like our precious time on this planet to be able to be that one in a billion, I think one in a trillion, one out of six trillion. I have what, no idea what the number is. But to be here and to wake up on a Monday morning and go to a place that you do not go, you have options. You have options. You do. And I know some people have it hard, but boy, I would just continue upskilling and figuring out what can I get better at so I could become a bigger asset. And so people would look at me for my services. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. So with that being said, let me get into this last one. The standalone meaning the high energy. That's you. See, if you have comfortable chairs, the energy may drop. But if you're a high energy type of person like me, or if you just stand up and some people are just annoyed of standing, they're going to be annoyed after about 10, 15 minutes. So maybe meetings are very good at, you know, just that. So who knows? Who knows? But remember, I told you my story. I used to have someone working with me, had no idea what I was doing with it, just giving her my goddamn money. But in May of 2019, uh, you know, I just felt like, you, you know, we would get on me, you know, calls, virtual meetings, and she wouldn't show her face and everything, which is totally fine. Uh, but she would just talk about a bunch of random things. And before I'm like, listen, we've been talking for hour 15. I got to go. And then she tries to start hitting off the items. And I'm like, oh, man, it's just too late. And remember, I told you in a, several podcasts ago, I would just hurry up and X out and say, oh, my Internet went down. Sorry. And so, guys, you got to know what your intent is going into a meeting. And that's that. So with that being said, people, thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.